0: I've been thinking about this idea of gift for quite some time now. Have you ever received a gift for which you had nothing to do with it? You didn't earn it, you could not have justified it, but the gift came and it brought blessing to your life, it brought joy to your life, it may have sparked hope in your life, but it came. It may have left you with a sense of, I'm not sure what to do with this. I'm gonna invite some people to stand up here for just a moment. If you have been a part of Paznaz, for seventy years or more. How many? Seventy. <laughs> Seven zero. Would you stand up, please? Come on. Stand up. Anybody else? If you've been a part of Paz Naz for more than fifty years, would you stand up? Fifty years. If you stay standing, Carol, don't sit down. I don't know how you could be here 50 years, Carol. You're not that old. How many of you, any of you have been here 40 years or more? Stand up. 40 years or more. Friends, I want you to look around and see these people. People. Those who've been here 70 years or more have attended this church in three different locations. Chestnut and Raymond, over on Mountain, and now here. Those of you who've been here 50 years or more and 40 years or more, you have seen so much. I've only been here five years. But could I just say to you who've been here, you have stayed with the church through good times, through complex times, through high times and low times. You have walked with faithfulness. You have done incredible things. You have served others, you have loved others. You have sacrificed. You have given of your time and your resources. And friends who are sitting, could I just say to you, all of these people have given us a gift that we did not earn, that they have given to us in their faithfulness. Would you express your love and appreciation to them? You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. When I think about gifts that we received, I think about the gifts of these people who they could tell us countless of stories of God's faithfulness, of the gifts God has given to them across the years, of the gifts that allowed them to be faithful, And I would venture to say that every one of these people would say to us that the gift that has made their faithfulness possible has been the gift of the Spirit. And so this morning in our series on the Spirit, I wanna spend a few moments exploring this grand idea of the Spirit as gift. For when I look at the faces of those people who were standing, I cannot give you adequate explanation about how it is possible that these people remained in this church for 70 years or more, or 50 years, or 40 years. When so many others made other choices, they chose to stay. It is a gift for which I have little or no explanation except to say, thanks be to God, for the Spirit is at work. It is a great blessing to us to come to the reading of the scripture this morning that was read to us, to hear Jesus say to his disciples in John 14 and in the subsequent chapters of 15 and 16, and talk about the gift of the Spirit. And then in Acts chapter one, Jesus repeats that promise to his disciples when he says, wait, wait in Jerusalem, because my Father is going to give you the gift of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit is a gift for which I cannot give you adequate explanation. It is a mystery to me that I have not fully yet in all of my life of following Jesus have completely comprehended, completely understood, but continue to appreciate. Continue to find it to be blessing continue to find it to be a source of hope, continue to find it to be God's provision for me. For there are days in my journey of following Christ when I have no words except the deep burden upon my heart. That deep inexpressible groaning And yet the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit, the scripture tells us, takes those groanings and makes them intelligible to the Father. Anyone wanna testify? You know days like that. And there are days in my journey with Christ in which wonderful things happen and i have to say i had nothing to do with that and the devil comes along and tempts me to take credit and i have to say oh no i didn't i can't take credit for that it's the work of the spirit anybody want to testify the gift of the spirit the spirit as gift Let's follow one thread from the Old Testament to the New Testament and look at the spirit as gift for just a moment. Genesis chapter one verse two tells us the spirit was hovering over the waters at creation. You can leap to the New Testament. And it is the spirit, remember when Mary says, to the angel, how shall this be? And the angel says, the spirit will come upon you. It is the spirit of God that impregnates her and hovers over Mary's water. And then in Luke chapter 3, we find the spirit hovering over Jesus as he is baptized by John the Baptist. Again, the spirit hovering over the water. And then the next moment, in the next chapter of Luke, we find the spirit with Jesus in the wilderness in the 40 days of temptation. And the spirit hovers. The Spirit is gift. And then we find the Holy Spirit promised in the upper room to the disciples. And then in Acts chapter 2, we find the gift of the Holy Spirit given to the followers of Christ in the upper room. Follow that thread. And there are many threads of the Spirit's work that we could follow through the Old Testament and the New Testament for the Spirit was with the prophets when they spoke. And so many other times and so many other places. But Here's the Spirit. When the Spirit comes at Pentecost, the Spirit is given both individually and collectively. The Spirit comes at Pentecost And here is Peter who on the night of Jesus' crucifixion couldn't find one good word to say about Jesus. And denies Christ three times. And yet on the day of Pentecost, it is Peter who is preaching to the crowds. The Spirit of God as gift revolutionizes, changes Peter's experience from denier of Christ to proclaimer of the gospel. But let's remember, we sometimes take the gift of the Spirit and make it so personal that we sometimes forget that the gift of the Spirit was also for the gathered people, the gift of the Spirit is much a gift to the church as it was to any individual. The gift of the Spirit hovers over the church. This is a very important understanding gift of the Spirit because when I decide to take action or make a statement in my own independent way, I may be speaking a gift of the Spirit over the church. What I'm suggesting is that when the gift is given, it is to be given and received as a gift that is to be cared for and cherished and treasured and not violated, not treated lightly, not to be taken advantage of, not to be used for one's own personal gain. You will remember in the book of Acts when Peter is preaching and Simon the sorcerer says, let me buy the gift of the spirit. And Peter rebukes him and says, you'll have nothing to do with this until you repent, which he does. And so there is a warning to us about how to care for the gift of the Spirit. For the gift of the Spirit is not just yours and mine individually, but is also the gift to the church collectively. And it is incumbent upon the church for the church to listen to the Spirit collectively. And so it is that we find in times of heresy that the church gathers and listens to the Spirit collectively. And last Sunday, we talked about the Nicene Creed, which really formalized the church's understanding of the Trinity. And so it is that we come this morning to receive what John Wesley said. The Holy Spirit is the best of gifts and that which includes every good gifts. Think about that for a moment. It is the best of gifts. God the Father and God the Son anticipated the needs of the church and the believers at and following Pentecost. When the gifts of the Spirit comes, the gift of the Spirit at Pentecost and in all the days following helps locate both the individual and the church in right relationship to God. In right relationship to God. It also helps locate the individual and the church in right relationship with the need of humanity. One of the needs of humanity is redemption from sin. But humanity also has great needs in places of poverty, in places of enslavement, in places where people are displaced because of war. The need of humanity and our understanding of it is shaped by the gift of the Spirit. And it makes possible our prayer to say, oh God, locate me in your understanding of the need of the world, not my understanding of the need of the world. The challenge with my understanding of the need of the world is that many times my understanding of the need of the world begins with my own self-interest and a desire to preserve my own self-interest. For when the gift of the Spirit comes, it is no longer my self-interest, but it is the interest of the Spirit that needs to take up its dwelling place in us so that we now see the need of the world in a completely different way than through the lens of our own self-interest. And it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing in a place like the country we live in. For so many of us have so much, and we are, I will not use the word blessing. But we find ourselves in this place through no choice of our own I didn't choose to be born here. Anybody else choose to be born here? But here we are. And what weighs upon us then when the Spirit comes is the responsibility of stewardship for all that has been made available to us. And the gift of the Spirit says, I will come I will reside with you and in you and locate you in response in relationship to God's view of the need of humanity Now I want you to take that idea home and ponder it a while How are we located in relationship to the view of God for the need of the world, collectively and individually. For the gift of the Spirit comes as the gift of God to us because God recognizes even when we don't that we are desperately in need of the Spirit as gift because left our own devices, what happens? But Pentecost comes. The Spirit comes. The Spirit is given. And then in John chapter 14, that was read for us this morning, the gift of the Spirit also brings gifts to us. The word there in John 14 In some of your translations, it is counselor. In some of your translations, it is paraclete. In some of your translations, it is advocate. That word in the Greek means one who walks alongside. One who guides. Many of you have traveled to different places in your lifetime and you have visited those places with the aid of a guide. For good reason. Because the guide teaches you things you did not know and would not have known without the presence of the guide. Correct? Am I correct? I know some of you are nodding off here. It's a restful message today, I know. But think about what it means to have that presence of that guide and how enriching that guide was and how much more understanding you had of that place and time. And you come back and you say, well, I learned this and I learned that and I, I had no idea about this, I had no idea about that. But the guide said, think of the Spirit as gift as that guide. Because the scripture says in John 14 that the advocate, that the Spirit will teach. It assumes that we recognize we have some things to learn. Anyone here have it all figured out? Anyone here have all the answers? We'll open the altar soon and you can confess your sin. And now think about it. None of us would say we have all the answers. None of us would say that we, we know everything, that we know all we need to know. And yet some of us and sometimes in seasons of our lives, we live that way. We live like we have all the answers. We live like we know everything. And we live in our own self-interest. But the spirit comes. And the spirit seeks to teach. And the spirit can only teach us when there is a spirit of humility present. Because it is humility that recognizes I don't know as much as I'd like to think I know. Some of us have gone on to earn advanced degrees. I have a PhD. You, you know, right, that that means piled higher and deeper? <laughs> I learned a lot, Dr. Stran, as you did, as some of us did. And thanks be to God for that education. That education was made possible for me by an unexpected gift. But think about what it means to have the gift of the Spirit in which the Spirit comes willing to teach. And the invitation of humility And the Spirit as gift is to say, oh God the Spirit come. Oh, God, the Spirit, teach me. Oh, God, the Spirit, I confess I'm at a loss. Oh, God, the Spirit, I don't have the wisdom for this. Oh, God, the Spirit, my strength fails me. I don't have the resilience for this season. Let me make it okay for us to pray to the Spirit. Because quite frankly, When you ask for counsel and wisdom and advice, that's exactly what you're doing. Because that's the role of God the Spirit. And we say often, come Holy Spirit, come. Why is humility so necessary? Well, humility is necessary because the Spirit as gift is the active presence of God in this day, in this time, in this place, with this people. It is the way God has chosen to be active in you and among us. And it is by humility that we can recognize the gift of the Spirit. We are in the process of of interviewing for a pastor for families with students. And one of our prayers is, oh God, help us discern who the person is. Help us discern who the person is, and we seek to be in alignment with you for who that person is. And once that person is identified, go ahead of that person. Prepare them and us for what the Spirit would do. And so we ask, teach us, guide us, walk with us, go with us. Go before us, go behind us. And so the spirit as gift comes not only to us collectively, but to us individually. The spirit of gifts, the spirit as gift answers the question what does Jesus mean to me and for me? And so I would ask you that question this morning in closing. What does Jesus mean to you and for you? Have you, will you humble yourself before the spirit? Will you welcome the teaching and the wisdom and the discernment of the Spirit? Will you allow the Spirit to be all the gift God intends the Spirit to be? May it be so. Let us stand together. The worship team is going to come. Peter asked the question when he encountered some believers who had chosen to follow Christ, and he asked, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? It's the question I invite you to think about and to consider. It's the question I invite you to be open to and let the Spirit speak to you the answer for you. Receive this benediction. And now, may you know the gift of the Spirit, and may the gift of the Spirit make you gift as you live into this week. And everyone said, Amen.